Hey everybody, this is Greg. And this is Matt, and this is Record Mashup. We're excited to be joining you here today. This is episode eight, and our theme today is back to school. And before we jump into it, we want to remind you, please be sure to hit subscribe or follow wherever you listen to podcasts, or if you're listening to this on our YouTube channel. Also want to put in a plug for our social media channels. We've got a Facebook page, a Twitter account, and an Instagram account. So if you haven't followed us on, on your favorite social media account, please be sure to do that today. And we also want to encourage you to please leave us a review. We'd love to hear reviews and, and how we're doing. We got our first review this past week from Austin692. Austin says, super entertaining listening for my work day. I love to listen to this podcast while working from home. Very funny and entertaining while giving me more information about the songs I love. So thank you, Austin. We appreciate your your words of support. And we're, we're excited to be able to, to bring you this new episode this week. I'd also like to throw in a plug for uh, for a listener as well. We have Tasha from Penn State. So she gave us a shout out there saying to watch record mashup, awesome insights and humor from Greg and Matt, and of course the songs they feature. This was in regards to uh, two episodes ago on airplanes. She referenced Jet Airliner, loving that song and airplanes. It's crazy that both of us have only met once and can't wait uh, for future episodes. So thank you, Tasha. This week though, we have Back to School, my song is going to be I Can by Nas. Matt, what do you have for us? We're going to be talking about ABC by the Jackson 5. Good old classic. Absolutely. So uh, why don't we jump into it? You want to tackle ABC first? Yeah, let's go into it. What do you, what do you got for us, Matt? <laughs> All right. So obviously ABC was uh, performed recorded and well i should say it was recorded first and then performed by the jackson <laughs> five uh which obviously if you don't know the jackson five included five brothers from the jackson family you had jackie jermaine marlin michael and tito and randy jackson also later joined the group and they renamed themselves as the jacksons but in any event randy was not part of the group when this song first came out but the song was recorded in December of 1969 and was finally released in February of 1970, February 24th to be specific. And this was their second hit, uh, Greg. I don't know if, if you found that in your research. It came after I Want You Back and was released just two months after I Want You Back hit number one. So they were really kind of trying to capitalize on their newfound success, and which was pretty smart marketing and kind of business savviness of Barry Gordy and the folks at Motown, uh, who was the record label for, for this song and, and a lot of the, well, pretty much all the, the Jackson 5's um, initial hits. But it's a fun song. Uh, it was written and produced by a group called, quote unquote, The Corporation, uh, which obviously included Barry Gordy, as well as Freddie Perrin, Alfonso Mizell, and Deke Richards. And... I found this really interesting, Greg. When they were writing this song, apparently they wrote 10 different verses for this. Yeah, they wrote a lot of different things for this song to kind of get the different feel for the song. I don't know if you saw it as well, but I Want You Back and ABC have somewhat similar 
melodies, I guess. So he wanted to really differentiate the songs with that. Yeah, and it, it makes sense that that they would do that. As I say, you know, I mentioned that it was kind of the marketing genius of these guys, and having that similarity between these two songs helped propel ABC to also hit number one, getting way ahead of ourselves here. But <laughs> in any event, it hit number one. Um, but yeah, so they wrote ten different verses, and they finally settled on on two verses that made its way into the song. But let's let's jump into the lyrics. Uh, if you haven't heard the song, probably now would be a great time to pause, go listen to it, but please make sure you come back. <laughs> and <laughs> but but yeah, so the first the first few lines it's obviously, you know, it's about a, a student going to school and we got some really kind of basic I say basic, uh, you know, kind of elementary type lessons that that appear in, in this song, you know, I before E, except after C, after C. Well, it was very suiting that was elementary like that because the brothers had all varying ages and Michael was basically the forefront leader of the group, essentially the face, the voice, everything. Yeah. But he was only 11 when the song came out. Yeah. So he, he was very young and it had a younger theme to the song as well. Which is crazy to think that and you know this is the the genius of Michael Jackson. Jackson, um, you know the fact that the kid was eleven and putting out material like this and really bringing a ton of energy to the group too. I mean, just his you know the dance moves and there's 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 countless books on on Michael or or the Jackson family that you can read or documentaries and so forth about their early days but but they worked hard to get to to where they were at this point in their career and to think that you know this is the the beginning and you know Michael's 11 but they'd been working for years before this i think i i think they really kind of first got going a solid 4 or 5 years before this and that would be really a tribute to their dad. So, yeah, I mean, there's some controversy on whether you agree with how he ran things or not, but he really drilled it into to them to make them the musical family that they were with the Jackson Five and then also Janet Jackson and just everything that they did. He kind of propelled their careers, whether you want to say it's a good way or a bad way. <laughs> I'll leave that up to your interpretation, but he set that rigor and how they prepared for everything to be where they were at, at such a young age. Exactly. And they grew up in Gary, Indiana. And I, I remember I've, I've actually been a huge Michael, a fan of Michael Jackson's music for a long time. And I've read a few books on the family and so forth, but you know, they grew up in Gary and they would take trips to Detroit, you know, they drive his dad would drive through the night to take them to gigs and or they'd go to Chicago or you know hit hit the the road to to start to build their fame and notoriety a little bit but you know and Diana Ross was really the one that kind of gave them their their big break in any event uh jumping back into the song so yeah so we've got these these lessons here you know I before E except after C and why 2 plus 2 equals 4 but really what this song is about Greg, I mean, it's not about school. Let's be real. This is about, you know, Michael or the person in the song wanting to, you know, woo a girl. He's going to teach her all about love and says, you know, here, just take a seat and repeat after me. And then we go into the ABC easy as one, two, three line. 
you know, it's as simple as do re mi. I love that line too. It's just, you know, I love how they're, they're, they're weaving in the, these basics that you learn in school, but you know, the do re mi is kind of the basics of the music theory foundation. So yeah. I love that they're, they're bringing, they're bringing grammar, math, music all into this song. And it's, it's pretty cool. It's pretty good. Writing. Educational song. Absolutely. <laughs> just starting with the basics. That's right. Just like, uh, just like you would do with uh, any new potential relationship. You got to start with the basics. You got to get to know one another. Yeah. Yeah. So he continues to just kind of have these lines, you know, he wants, wants to show this girl what, what everything's all about. He mentions the three R's reading, writing and arithmetic. And then I love this. I love the, the part in here. He talks about, uh, you know, branches of the learning tree, but listen without the roots of love. Going to your education complete, the teacher's going to show you. So he, he, him being the teacher showing, showing them. Exactly. And then, you know, he talks about how she has to listen to him. Right. And all he's, all she's got to do is sing this simple melody. And then he just goes into, to, to basically repeating the same lines over and over again. So from a chronological perspective, I don't know, the song kind of seems jumbled to me. It's not, it's not like a storyline. I mean, there is a storyline, but it's not. Yeah. It's not a very direct storyline. It's just like, Hey, look, I'm going to teach you what love is. And it's not that difficult. Just listen to me. ABC, one, two, three, do, re, me. Yeah. But yeah, basically in a nutshell, the song's about trying to woo this girl over. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. <laughs> Absolutely. Masked in this kind of classroom curriculum environment. <laughs> and I'd like to add, like, we kind of skipped over at the very beginning not for the meaning of the song, but just how the song opens up is very energetic. Oh yeah. With, with the, ah, bah, 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 bah. <laughs> sorry that I tried to sing that. Wrote, uh, no, that was good. That, but yeah, that was terrible. That was probably more entertaining than the song. Honestly, to make fun of that. <laughs> but, <laughs> never going to do that one again. Yeah, um, I, I don't know. I think you should do it again just now for our audience. Nope, it was pretty done. good. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, it's funny. I saw, I read on one of the websites I checked out that arguably this is one of the first disco songs or is considered to be one of the first disco songs, which makes sense. It came out in 1970. You know, we always associate the seventies as disco and it does kind of have that little disco vibe to it to some extent. Yeah. I, I can buy that. Yeah, a lot of folks can you know attribute this as to being one of the, the first uh, of the disco genre. Mm-hmm. So, pretty interesting. Yeah, but that's really all I got for the lyrics. I mean, there's there's not a whole lot to it. Anything lyrically that that you caught, Greg? Uh, nothing more lyrically because we pretty much covered that of how it meshes into our theme for schooling because it's schooling on love just teaching it's very easy simple as one two three abc abc all that but kind of going back into what i was saying about the very beginning of the song toward the end of the song he kind of breaks it down at the end and kind of goes off of on his own saying sit down girl i think i love you like just listen to me and getting back into it and really ending the song on a high note. And it's played on MTV jams. I think that's what the official 
music video for it is considered is off of MTV jams. And there's a lot of energy going into it. And you can tell, and even with the other Jacksons, not just Michael Jackson, you, you got them playing the guitar and everything and singing in the background. And there's just a lot of energy to the song. Yeah, no, absolutely. So very memorable based on just the energy of the song and the simple lyrics that stick in your head and are very catchy. Yeah. You know, it, it makes me really wonder. So this song was obviously performed on American Bandstand, uh, the Ed Sullivan show, you know, two really big shows. Featured in a lot of movies and TV shows as well. Yeah. But, you know, Greg, to your point about energy level, you know, I've never really thought about this before, but I wonder if the Jacksons would have been or become as big as they did had TV not been a medium. In other words, I wonder if they if they were living in a world that was purely radio, because I feel like a lot of their stardom from songs like this originated from their TV performances. Now, granted, yes, the songs hit number one. I'm not disputing that. But would they have become as big? I think they would have. I think Barry Gordy is a genius and uh, Motown Records in general. Just, just even going through the, the uh, Hitsville, USA Motown Museum down in Detroit. It's mm-hmm. a great, fantastic thing. If you're ever in Detroit, try and hit that up. Go there. They got a lot, they got a lot of things. It's just where they recorded music, right? So um, original recording studio, things like that. You have a lot of memor- Motown memorabilia and things like that. But I think the way that Motown marketed them worked very well. And I don't think they needed TV to do that because if someone would have saw them live, like other people in the Motown industry or Motown records, like vouch for them basically. Right. So they would, they have a lot of energy for, for live shows as well. And maybe if you didn't care for them on record, if you saw them live, you would just get it due to that. Sure. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a fair point. Um, if you can't tell, I really like the Jackson Five and Michael Jackson in them. So <laughs> I'm a huge Motown record fan. Yeah, they guess. Well, you grew up in Detroit. It makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> I was funny. My my wife and I, of course, we're you know in COVID. It's not like you can really travel much, but we're thinking about a an anniversary getaway coming up in a, in a few weeks, and I su- suggested Detroit, and partially because I want to go to Hitsville, USA. <laughs> There, there's a lot of things to do down there, but um, you would probably do better if you go maybe a little bit up north. Yeah. Get get a lot of different things. Michigan has everything except for, I mean, the, the Great Lakes are big enough to be an ocean, essentially. So Yeah, they got beaches. You get all that. They have waves. Yeah. <laughs> the Great Lakes have waves. They do. They're not as big as ocean waves, but they're still waves. Yep. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. But yeah, so anyway, so back to the song, you know, we already kind of let the cat out of the bag, but you know, obviously the song hit number one on the Billboard Hot 100. It toppled the Beatles Let It Be, which at the time was considered kind of a transfer of not power, but um, a kind of a handing of the baton between generations is, is kind of how that was perceived at the time. And uh, the song has since been inducted into the Grammy Hall of Fame, which is a testament to to the song's commercial success and and as we said was one of the early songs that really kind of helped launch the jacksons careers it's probably one of their biggest songs but it didn't really do that well as far as charting outside of the united states that's true there wasn't much that happened outside uk got to eight 
which is pretty good. But aside from that, it didn't really chart anywhere. But I think the legacy it left definitely led on to further hits and just how how well known they are. Yeah, and I, I think part of the the continued success of the song and, and all the Jackson Fives songs for that matter, their hits at least, was the fact that you know Michael Jackson, who obviously I'm sure at some point we'll do a, a an episode with one of Michael Jackson's songs from his solo career. But during his solo career, live performances, he would still do a segment in all of his live shows from his Jackson Five era. And I think that that continued commercialization and repetitive performing of the of this material has kind of helped keep it in the forefront of a lot of folks minds throughout not just the country but the world so even though yeah to your point greg even though it didn't chart around the world i think it eventually became a hit throughout the world yeah absolutely so anyway that's all i got for uh abc it's a great song love it if you haven't heard it i don't know what you're doing with your life (laughs) you want to jump into i can absolutely so I Can is a song by the rapper Nas. It came out in 2003. It was off of his sixth studio album, Godson, which was released in 2002. So the song was released in 2002, obviously, with the CD, but it debuted as a, his second single off the CD in 2003. It takes a different approach, I would say, than some of his other music. He's gotten a lot of controversy had a lot of controversy for more violent songs, things about gun violence, drugs, things like that, where this song takes kind of the approach of, hey, you can do whatever you want as long as you put your mind to it and make sure you're getting your education, stay away from drugs, being a smart person, whether that education is going to school or just doing your self-education where you're reading books, updating yourself on literature, knowledge, uh, whatever it may be, right? So that's kind of a quick overview of the song. And it takes three different stories, I guess, to look at from each verse. And we will get into that right now. So starting with the chorus or the hook, whatever you want to call it, in the song, it starts with uh, children sing, singing that they know they can be what they want to be, making sure that they're working hard at it, and then they'll get to where they want. So if they put in the effort, they'll get to where they want to be. Kind of that old American dream type thing, right? So if I put in my effort, I will be what I want to be. I'll, I'll make my dream. Well, the other thing I was going to add too, Greg, I don't know if you came across this, but you know, you were talking about how this song is different from a lot of his other material. And I actually read somewhere that he wrote this song at the request of his mother. Oh, really? Yeah, it, it didn't give a lot of detail. So, you know, I'm, I'm sure his mom is very supportive of his work. But what I read was that his mom really wanted him to write something for children and to, to use his platform to do good for the world. And so this is the song that came from that request, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah. And uh, just to note, his dad is actually another singer, guitarist. He's a cornetist from back in the day and he's actually featured his dad on a couple of his songs previously too. That's cool. Yeah. 
So getting back into the song, the start of the song tells uh, boys and girls to listen up. You can be anything in the world. And then he says, in God we trust. And that's kind of going back to the kind of American dream model. So motto. So, so one of the mottos of the United States is in God we trust. So the American dream. And then he's very specific on what he says you can be. So an architect, doctor, maybe an actress. Some people's interpretation of that is he specifically did not say the words like rapper or sports player such as basketball or football or anything because that's kind of a negative connotation on what the expectation growing up in a poor area or that they aspire to only be someone in the music industry or a sports player and that's the only way they're going to get out so he's really harping on architect doctor maybe an actress so there's other options out there as well you don't have to aspire to be one thing and being a doctor is no joke that is a very very good job. <laughs> yes. A lot of schooling. <laughs> yeah. Significant amounts. And then he goes on to saying that nothing comes easy. It takes a lot of practice to, to do whatever you want. Going back to, if you put in the effort, you can get where you want to be. Just like he's saying in the chorus with when the kids are singing in the chorus. And then he goes into telling a story of someone that he knew previously a woman who was aspiring star, beautiful, had everything that everyone wanted, great at singing, brings up Lena Horne, who was a African-American singer and actress back in the day. However, he goes into this person was hanging with the wrong crowd and then got into drugs and things like that. Didn't die, didn't end up terrible for her, but no one wanted to be around her because of how she turned up. Uh, resulting from the drug use and things like that. So getting into using cocaine, simping up drugs. And then now she looks ugly and old. Even if she isn't old, she now looks ugly and old. And she's no fun to be around because she smells of corrosion and death. And then he follows on to that into saying, watch the company you keep. So making sure that you're getting into a good crowd. It's not good enough to study, do everything right in life if you're hanging out with the wrong, wrong crowd, right? And then kind of getting into to after that, you need to be, be the best you and take that vow to be the best you. Then from there, jumping back on the chorus and then into the second verse. So this one goes into kind of your self-image and growing up. So making sure, like, stay educated. You don't need to bind all this video girls or what or whatever is happening on TV and things like that. So starting off with younger girls who are just only 10, watching the women that are on TV, trying to think that, hey, if I look like them, I'll get somewhere in life. So getting fake, fake IDs at the club and then meeting a man probably with HIV. So... He's kind of getting into the underage girls, meeting someone at the club and then ruining their lives type thing. And then following this, he brings up Oprah Winfrey saying, like, try not to do that, right? You can host TV like Oprah Winfrey. Just get on the right track. Wherever you decide, be careful. Don't get along, along the wrong crowd, as he said in the previous verse, by getting around some men who can be rapists. So at your age, don't pretend that you're older than you are, stay at the age that you're at. Yeah. And I kind of, I have an issue with this line a little bit 
it it seems to me that in some sense it's victim shaming a little bit particularly the the line about rapist and it feels like he's shifting the blame to the i guess in this case young women and that they are the ones that hold the responsibility for not ensuring that that happens and i just i disagree with that <laughs> so i understand what you're saying i don't think that's the intention of it right so younger people I think he's going at the mindset of younger people's minds are more malleable, right? Sure. So I don't know if you've ever heard of the term of this is a little bit dark, <laughs> but I don't know if you've heard of the term grooming or anything along those lines of where like older men will some, or just older people in general, it doesn't have to be men or it can be women also, but they'll take a younger person and kind of groom them to their standards and kind of like a Pavlov's dog syndrome type thing where they'll make that person love them, that younger person love the older person. So I think he's kind of going into it there. So don't put yourself in that situation to where you want to be older and be with these older people because you should just try to stay at the level that you're at because you will grow up eventually. Don't try to grow up faster than you need to. I don't think it's I don't think he's really victim shaming in this. I think he's just saying, just stay at the level that you're at. Yeah. I mean, I, I get that. And I, I agree with that. I just, I don't know. It, it, you know, it just seems to me that the underlying tone there is he's putting the actions of others on the shoulders of the young people he's talking to. I, I do hear what you're saying. I just, I don't know. I feel like there's probably a different way it could have been achieved. Yeah. I think like, so he starts it off with the women or the girls and then he goes into the boys. You can use a lot of help also thinking that life's all about smoking weed and ice. So ice being jewelry. Yep. But you don't want to get to an age where you can't read and write. So unless you're Floyd Mayweather who can't read and write, <laughs> who has infinite amounts of money almost, you should probably learn how to read and write. But yeah. he's saying these things as things to be wary about. Like there's wickedness in the world, right? That you can't stop other people from being wicked. So you have to take these precautions to not put yourself in that position. So for like the young girls, you won't be in that position if you don't go to the club with and go to a fake ID. Like you're mitigating the risk, right? He's not saying that's not going to happen. He's just saying like, be smarter, have your wits about you. He's not victim shaming them in my eyes, but that, yeah. that's your interpretation of it too. So who am I to say that you're wrong? Yeah. I just don't see how that's any different than saying that a girl was attacked or raped because of the clothes she was wearing. Right. I just don't see how there's, you know, it's any different, but I understand the larger point he's making. And I don't, I don't necessarily disagree with that. I just, yeah, I think it's just, there's wickedness in the world. Just have your wits about you so that you can avoid those things. So you don't have these bad things happen to you when it's out of your control. You're not in control of that. It's not your fault. Sure. It's the person who does these acts fault. Yeah. But getting back into the young boys where he's talking about begging different women for a place to sleep at night, smart boys turn to men and do what and do whatever they wish. So 
by becoming a smarter person, you're not going to have to go through all these different issues. You can, if you believe you can achieve. So just harping on that, uh, the chorus on how if you put the work in, you'll get out what you want in attaining that. I guess American dream is kind of the concept I'm, uh, that he's getting at. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. From there, going back into the chorus, just knowing that you can do whatever you want and be whatever you want to be if you put the effort into it. And then this third verse goes really into a lot of slavery and African history, basically. So talking about before people were brought over to this country as slave labor, essentially, there were empires in Africa and kings and queens over there. And people actually looked to Africa as a place of wealth and education and knowledge, right? So there were empires there. There are multiple races there from Greeks and Romans to the Arabs to other Africans, Persian military invading there to try and take their gold, their teachings and things from there because they saw it as wealth or they might have been threatened from it because of the wealth of knowledge there. And he's focusing on this because as an African-American, he, he wants other people to be uh, knowledgeable of this as well understanding like the roots of where you came from and things like that and what you can aspire to be. So go, going into one line, talk about Alexander the Great. Egypt was a, a place where Alexander the Great went and he was like very interested in it and just like taken aback by it as well. And just kind of talking about like how everyone loved the this place that had so much culture to it. And it's a very large and diverse place as well. Yeah, absolutely. And then from there getting into, if the truth is told, the youth can grow. They learn to survive until they gain control. So constantly growing as youth and telling the truth and things like that. And nobody said they have to be gangsters and hoes, right? So you don't, you don't have to do anything abnormal you can go to school get your education read your books whatever it may be so you can be can aspire to whatever it is you want so ghetto children do your thing hold your head up little man you're a king and then going into the young princess when you get your wedding ring your man is saying she's my queen so the the young boys will grow up to be kings the uh, young women will be queens and queens to those men basically showing that they have made it, they have their educational wealth and knowledge or their moral educational wealth or knowledge or whatever that may be. So just continue to work hard at it and knowing where you can be. Yeah. And I, the, the line just before the, the King and Queen phrase, I, this was my favorite line in the song. He says, read more, learn more, change the globe. And, you know, everything I've read, and this is so true for, for anywhere in the country that, that education, particularly education of women can lead to changes in society and kind of really help turn around disadvantaged economies even. And I just think that's such a succinct way of paraphrasing all that research that's been done to implement change in the world. But I think this third verse as a whole, 
it's so well crafted, you know, with the history yeah. of Africa and, and everything that he's, he's mentioning, it's this whole verse really then becomes about, you know, restoring pride in their heritage. And I think that that's, that's, it's really well done. And I would like to note that the Alexander, the great comment here, uh-huh. uh, Egypt was the place that Alexander great went. He was so shocked at the mounds with black faces shot they nose to impose what basically still goes on today you see so before anyone gets into it it has been acknowledged and brought up to Nas himself that he misquoted who shot up noses so there's articles on napoleon actually going to africa and like shooting noses off of like monuments and things there okay um, interesting not, not to get too far into the history Maybe the person is historically inaccurate, but the whole concept of what he's trying to get at there is. So basically imposing what happened back then still goes on today. And I think we can kind of see that with what's going on in America right now with all the protests and things like that. Right. But the whole concept of the song is basically like, you're not rooted into that. You you can get your education, however however that may be. And Nas in a lot of his songs does talk about he was bored in school. So I'm not sure exactly how he actually did in school, but he would read a lot of literature on his own. It was very well read. So while even if you're not doing well in school per se yourself, because maybe maybe you have a learning disability, maybe maybe there's something it's just not interesting to you wherever. Just find that thing that is interesting to you so you can grasp onto it and just get that education on whatever it may be. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's kind of a, a good segue, I think, into trying to think about the similarities between these two songs. Mm-hmm. You know, what you just said, Greg, is great for anyone that's about to head back to school, you know, finding, latching on to what you enjoy and what brings you joy and 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 diving all in on that and when we think about the abc if if what gets you there is a girl then hey man <laughs> you know don't don't get too sucked into it but you know if a girl helps you teach or helps you learn what or a guy <laughs> helps you learn what uh what you're interested in then then go for it that's what i have to say <laughs> absolutely just make sure you understand what your interests are you know, if you're younger and you're listening to this, just look at everything. If your parents are trying to steer you in a way and you don't think you're interested in it, just hear them out. And if you don't like it and you, after you give it a shot, that's fine. Just try to move on to something else. And if you're older, it's never too late to start learning. I'm 30. I'm getting my MBA right now with Matt and I'm continuing to learn. So I keep reading books. I'm I was never into politics before and now I'm getting more into politics by reading the news and trying to keep up with that and learning a whole bunch of other things as well, just as hobbies. So it's never too late to start learning something, whatever that may be gardening. You know, I, I, I brew beer. I like it. It's very fun. You get to drink it. It's cool. Um, whatever it may be, Matt, what, what kind of things are you learning right now? Aside from the MBA. Well, I'm learning about rap music and doing and doing <laughs> podcasting. So that's new and how to to do sound editing. <laughs> uh no, I think I think it's really important that as, 
for individuals and society as a whole that we never stop learning. And I think that back to school periods are really great reminders of that for, for everyone that you're right. We, we should always, we should keep reading. We should, you know, YouTube has become such an amazing resource these days to learn how to do things. I couldn't tell you how many learned a lot of home improvement projects on YouTube. Exactly. You know, everything from changing the elements in your hot water heater to, I don't know. Turns out changing the elements in your hot water heater is very cheap if you know what you're doing. Exactly. It doesn't cost a fortune. No, you don't need to hire a $150 per hour plumber or whatever it is. So, (laughs) but um, we we live in such a, a time that's really great. And I think that as I say, these, this period of, of, of folks going back to school and certainly with COVID, we're in a, an unprecedented times of what learning looks like. But at the same time, we need to be very thankful for the technologies that we do have that allow us to keep that learning going. Yeah, I agree. And I'll, I'll, I'll do my silly little plug for education. I got my Western Michigan University shirt <laughs> on, you know, just throwing out my, my undergrad, you know, got that. And then my cool little Penn State hat, you know. Yeah, I got my engineering undergrad and I'll get my MBA. So, you know. There you go. I uh, just, if we're doing shameless plugs, the only thing I got handy here is my uh, UVA coaster. So go, go Wahoos. <laughs> And, uh, and Greg, you already held up the Penn State. So here's to another great year. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Well, uh, Greg, uh, I think that about wraps up this episode. What, uh, what do we got lined up for next week? So next week's pretty exciting for some people. <laughs> Depends if you're a sports fan or not. The NFL is starting next week. So hopefully we get some good games out of it. Maybe not if this COVID thing, but supposed to start next week. So our theme next week is going to be NFL themes with me. I'm a huge Steelers fan. I'm going to be doing Black and Yellow by Wiz Khalifa. And Matt, what do you have? I'm going to do The Champion uh, with Carrie Underwood featuring Ludacris. I think it's going to be good. Yeah. So I'm not a huge NFL fan. prefer college football myself, but you know, football is football. That's right. (laughs) All right. Well, uh, I think that about wraps it up. Uh, again, if you haven't hit subscribe or follow, please do so. And yeah. So thank you all. Have a great week. Bye.